Kelsey. You're Hill. on the clock. We're starting out press coverage here. Nelson, Nelson Sousa is my guest here on press coverage, and we are OTC in an FFPC main event. And Nelson, we got what we wanted here at the 103. Yeah, uh, Jamar Chase. <clears throat> well, it was going to be Jamar Chase or Tyreek. Um, I, I think we start off with a wide receiver and then build it from there. Yeah, no, I I think it's Jamar Chase. I love getting him at the 103. Um, let's smash this one. So all the like contingent plan we had earlier just kind of goes out the window, and we get like our ideal start. So my guest tonight is Nelson Sousa. You've heard him on First Class Fantasy with Billy Muzio and I recently. Actually, twice he came on, and now he's back in the Roto Underworld. We're splitting a team in the FFPC main event. Uh, this is going for a million bucks tonight. And Nelson and I, we usually split a number of teams. We rarely split teams in the FFPC. And Nelson, is this your only main event this year? I, I actually have one with uh, David Hubbard. Oh, awesome. So shout out David, David Hubbard. You can actually watch him this week. He did back-to-back -back nights drafting with Billy Muzio on the Dominator. They did the Terminator League, Nelson, which is kind of cool. The Terminator League is a 20, I believe it's 25 rounds, and you have to drop a guy every single week. So it's like best ball, but you have to, you know, you remove one guy per week. Um, yeah, it, it's really unique, and there's a lot of strategy behind it. I know Dave's really good at it. Um, I, you know, just with, I'm so busy with, you know, my own drafts and with everything at FTN and stuff like that, that I just don't have. I don't have the time to like really focus on like those like different type of formats. Talk about what you're doing at FTN right now um, for anybody who's not familiar with your work. Uh, right now. I mean, this is, this is the busiest week of the season right now. Uh, so all the FTN subscribers are, have all their big drafts uh, going on. So the discord is crazy busy. Um, just answering questions 24 seven, um, you know, guys really wanting to make sure that, you know, they're zoned in and that they don't make any mistakes. Um, cause I, I had mentioned that to them, I think it was last week. And then, uh, this morning or, or maybe it was yesterday, the days are like running, uh, into each other that yeah, I don't even remember, it's but it's crazy. Uh, but I, I basically told them, I said, listen, we're here to fuck shit up. We're not here to, there's no woulda, coulda, shoulda. There's no, you know, looking back and, you know, crying about your draft, you know, go in there. You're, you guys know what needs to be done. You know, we've, we've researched, done everything. It, it's not the time to like, when the lights come on, you freeze, right. And, and get like stage fright. So and that's you, you see you people gotta, doing that, Nelson, you see people like, I think there's certain people that I see that I think are better drafters on August 1st than they are September 1st because they're not able to like filter it out and they're kind of their last minute strategy changes. And so, you know, I, I, I completely agree with that. It's just, the stage fright, I think definitely gets to people. I especially think with all the like vast amounts of information we can get these, these days, sometimes that can be kind of an, an impediment because I think once you have things figured out, like whenever your day that you really take in all the info, like let's call it August 1st, August 15th, the last couple of weeks are kind of noise and most of it's not helpful to us. 
It's not, and and because this is the busiest time of the year for fantasy football, there's so much of information, right? And so you you have people that it's like system overload for them. They're they're listening to too much information, and they it can confuse them, and then they get to their draft. And I mean, you have some of like the sharpest guys in the industry, right? Um, where they they can break down information, they're on the right players, um, and then they go to draft and they they can't they they can't really you know construct a team properly. So th- that's that's the biggest thing is you know when the draft comes and you're drafting for two thousand dollars. A lot of people freeze up, and, and yeah, they have and I think like a lot of people also play it. They play it safe, where you know I don't want to be a risky drafter, Nelson, but I don't want to build teams that I finish fifth with, you know. And sometimes there's, I think when you get to it, you you don't want to screw up, especially in some of those rounds where they can be very impactful, like the sixth round, the seventh round. I think you sometimes see people, you know, maybe reaching for a guy they shouldn't, maybe taking a guy because of some need for structure um, and passing up value. So just getting back to it, we're sitting here at the 210, um, and we see Nick Chubb and Garrett Wilson go off the board. Uh, We're wide open after our Jamar Chase start. The couple guys stand out, Nelson. Saquon's going to be gone. Pollard's going to be gone. Waddle. It's it's amazing. Like. I'm amazed that like Saquon and Pollard are like still on the board, but I I can't, I can't even make it. I can make an argument for those wide receivers. I, I get it, but it's, it's really interesting. Just like the flow of the draft and, and how like some, like if you're going to take Garrett Wilson and you're going to take CD and, and AJ Brown, like that someone's got to drop. And then if you do take Saquon and Pollard early, then two of those receivers have to drop. Uh, so I I do find um, this year it's been really interesting, and I really like the back half of the draft. Yeah, I love I love the back half of the draft. Um, I don't mind the middle, though, because I think sometimes you can see the runs. Um, and I don't mind where we're at because I do think that I like the the, the beginning of the third round a lot. Um, and I think once in a while in FFPC, when I get to like the 312, it gets a little bit sketchy um, because a lot of the guys I've liked before that you could get at the 312 and the 401, you know, start being drafted. And you see Pollard and Saquon go off the board. So right now, Nelson, in our queue, I have Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, and Mark Andrews. Is there anyone else you want to push into consideration here? We can take Waller in the second round. We could take Waller in the second round. I'm I'm saying that kind of half joking around. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm pretty high on Waller. But I, there's three wide receivers that interest me uh, here. So like Waddle, Olave, and Ridley are the yeah. three guys that I like. And then I think we should be able to come back and possibly take Waller and kind of almost. Well, we'll see. Like we, we don't need to like plan ahead. But uh, almost go kind of like a zero running back. Uh, so Waller's over the last two days. Waller's high, according to Mojo, is the three hundred two, and he's as low as the three hundred nine. I feel like we should go with Waddle or Alave here, and 
I think Waddle to me, a Waddle chase start is extremely dangerous for us. We probably still get Waller at the 303. I would put it at like a 65% chance of getting Waller. Yeah, go for it. Fire it up. So let's take Waddle. And we have two wide receivers. Um, I think this is a great start for us, getting Chase and Waddle. I mean, there's an outside chance you could have the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two at the end of the year if anything were to happen to Tyreek Hill. Um, And right now in our queue, we still have Waller. We still have Ridley. Um, Mm -hmm. I will put Hertz as a contingent uh, play here in the third round. Um, And we're four picks away, so I think we'll get one of those guys. Is there anybody else you want to put into consideration? Um, I've, uh, let me see here. No, I think we'll get one of those guys. Me too. Um, and I, I think it's going to be Waller. I think Waller is going to be there, but if not, I think these are both good consolation prizes. You see T Higgins go off the board. That helps us a lot. So we're definitely Waller and Hertz are going to be there. So it's, you know, again, I'm doing a lot more of these mains than you are. Um, Darren Waller's a guy we've been taking a ton. Um, you know, Billy and I took him in our main the other day. I still think it's the value. I still think he stands out big time. And he also allows us to not have to draft as many tight ends. Because I think sometimes if you get stuck in these FFPC mains, and there you go, you get the gift. We've been seeing Waller go ahead of Hawkinson a lot in NFFC, but in FFPC, you're still seeing a lot of uh, a lot of Hawkinson ahead of Waller which I think is incorrect at this point. So Nelson here, you're sitting here with, with Darren Waller, or you could take your elite quarterback in, in Jalen Hurts. Which way do you want to go? I'm neutral to both. I'll defer to you on this pick. Listen, I, I love Hurts and, and Josh Allen, but I think in this format, I want to take Waller, try to create an edge uh, there. And also quarterback seems to fall a little bit. So yeah. I don't, I don't mind some of the other guys that we could possibly get later. Trevor Lawrence will be there probably at the 703. And a couple of those guys in the sixth round are, are, are very, very good values as well. So let's take Darren Waller, lock him in here at the 303. So if you're listening on a podcast, our start is Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and then we get our tight end one in Darren Waller. So this is a really strong start. Um Nelson, your thoughts on this start? I love it. I mean, I'm I'm only doing a couple of these unless um, you or David talk me into you know partnering up doing another one. If we uh, run this pure, I might have to twist your arm and get one more in. If we run, yeah, this yeah. Pure. Listen, the way I look at it is, uh, I don't mind splitting. You know, going 500k, 500k, and and we split the million. You know, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with that. So. Um, and you know, with that mentality, you know, I I wanna I wanna be pretty aggressive and and look at this as like you know I only got a couple of shots at this to get it right. So you know, let's be aggressive and get you know the guys that we think are you know the players we like you know that we have conviction on. So I'll say you know you put out you're very well known for. Uh, being a high stakes drafter and being a very successful one. But I think you will also become very well known for your fades list. Um, You know, it's Billy and Billy and I are kind of doing what what you've been doing for a while where we're high stakes players, but we're we're content creators as well. 
Uh, it's always an interesting parallel, but your fades list has had a lot of really, really good hits over the years. But this year you've had uh, a couple of these running backs that are starting to fall um, on that fades list for a while. Maybe talk about where you view Taylor and Brees Hall right now. Yeah. So, you know, obviously um, it's probably with, how do I put this? So I'm not going to do, you know, victory laps. I stayed off of Twitter. I was way too freaking busy anyway to be on Twitter, but I'm not going to do it. But, you know, the people that, you know, at FTN and uh, subscribers and, and that, you know, know me very well. They know that Jonathan Taylor was, you know, on the fade list since, you know, back in, in June. So obviously the news today was that he's staying on the pup, no trade to Miami or any, any other team, and he's going to miss the first four games. So now, you know, that pick, you know, in the third round that could have turned into gold where if he had gotten traded, he's potentially – end of the first round type of pick. I, I That's my prediction was that if he went to Miami, he would have been a first round pick. Um, you know, obviously he ended up in the other end of the spectrum, which was, you know, uh, he's probably going to settle in as like a seventh round pick. I think that's like the fair price with him missing four games and, and, you know, all the nonsense that's going on with him and the Colts. So, yeah, I mean, if you were if you were following my fade list, you know, you you have zero Jonathan Taylor as do I and and you're feeling pretty good about it right now. Yeah, and that one you 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 put the uh you put the alert out Nelson on that one. That was not just just behind the paywall cuz you you you've been dropping the green check mark on um Twitter once in a while for Taylor negative news and it's always hilarious when you do that one. You can't hold back. <laughs> But there's definitely yeah. more guys on that, more that guys on that fade list we're not going to reveal um, that are definitely worth you spending a little money to see. Um, and I'll say I split teams with Nelson. Nelson is incredibly meticulous in his evaluations of players, and and again he's got the receipts to prove it. So we see Nelson. We saw we see Josh Allen go off the board here at three ten. We'll probably Perfect. see Lamar Jackson go in a couple picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar's funny because he's been kind of in FFPC drafts. He's starting to go closer to Josh Allen, like the deeper we get. So right now their ADP is only, only a, you know, a seven player difference, but I think in this board, he might be a little bit closer. So when we get the chase and Waddle and Waller start, are you looking to take the most dangerous player with this build here? That's kind of where my head is at, regardless of position. Yeah, I, I think that we we have to be careful to balance it and not just go – super high ceiling uh, with no consideration of, you know, their floor. And, and we want, we need, you know, steady players also. They, they can be, they can make sense for the team, but yes, uh, we, we want to make sure that we structure the team properly and that we're considering upside for sure. No, for sure. And you see Kittle, this is a, a little bit early for Kittle. He's been falling a lot in these, these main events. Um, so this is a this is definitely um, you know we've seen some fifth round Kittle recently. I think Team Twelve, if I had to guess, was probably worried about the tight end run and wanted to lock one in. I can't get in their their thought process. And Team Eleven, 
uh, is Curtis Patrick, and I believe he's splitting the team with Dave Cabin. So uh, Curtis is really sharp in these drafts. Um, I like his start for him with A.J. Brown and Garrett Wilson. He was on press coverage with me last week, so you can definitely listen to that one. And he does take Lamar Jackson. So, Nelson, I'm going to start loading the queue a little bit. Joe Mixon goes off the board. We weren't going to take him there anyway. Anybody that you want me to throw in here, let me know. Okay. Um, usually, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the draft and just uh, trying to get a feel for what everyone is doing, but I, I usually don't start thinking of, like, my pick until it's, like, maybe, like, three picks to go. Sure. <clears throat> so I think, you know, a few guys are going to get rattled off. Um, but yeah, let, let's wait a little bit and just see what, uh, what gets to us when we're a couple of picks away. No, for sure. There are, you know, I'd imagine Najee Harris is going to go before we pick. I put Debo Samuel in our queue. Let let me ask you this. Uh, since we were talking about Jonathan Taylor, where have you had time to process that? And with all the drafts that you got going on, have you have you thought about what the you know what the right price is for for him for you? It would have to be a. I almost feel like if I'm drafting him, it's a running back running back start, and I look at him as sort of like the guy that could push me over the edge. But I don't think I I don't think he's going to fall to like the seventh round. I think he's going to be there in the sixth round. And there's just so many players that I want to take in that range. It's very difficult for me to kind of pull the trigger on Taylor. And I'll say, Nelson, I bounce between FFPC and NFFC. Mm-hmm. If I played predominantly on one single site and one single contest, it would make me want more Taylor. But if I'm doing just a few entries in like, you know, this contest, a few entries in this contest, a few entries in this I get really scared with this. There's some nightmare scenarios with Taylor where he doesn't play for a long, long time. Uh, and FFPC, you also have a short regular season. Um, so that matters as well. So I don't know. So we're three away here, Nelson. Yeah. Um, I think Drake London is interesting. DeAndre Hopkins is interesting. I think Hopkins, London, and Mike Williams – are the guys that interest me here. So big Mike Williams opens us up to opens us up to a potential Justin Herbert on the wraparound at the 503. And I think we could build some correlation with him. Um, but I gotta say, I think in terms of like pure upside for a wide receiver three, I think Drake London is trending up for me. I really believe in his talent, and I think that he's I think he's a stud, um, and I think his role could be really fun. Um, where are you at on this pick? I, I'm kind of open here, though, Nelson. I, I'm I'm open to it. I I like all three guys. So if like you pounded the table for like one, you know a certain one, I, I'd be okay with it. I think Drake London makes the most sense um, in terms of like maximizing upside, and I also think if we get towards the very end of the season betting on the the younger player um, over a couple of older guys 
it's not always the best process, but I think like London could have a huge second half of the season. Whereas I think Hopkins probably gives us a faster start. Um, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd okay. prefer going with the upside choice in London. Go for it. All right. So we've Drake London. So anybody listening at home, Jamar Chase at the 103, 210, we take Jalen Waddell, Darren Waller at the 303, and then we take Drake London uh, in the fourth round here. And now we're coming back, Nelson. Uh, I have Herbert in the queue. Uh, I have DeAndre Hopkins. I have Mike Williams. Uh, and then are there any running backs you want to push in there? Well, um... I think Pierce is interesting and Madison are interesting because I think they're going to have the expected volume. Maybe a little early for James Cook for me, even though I like him a lot. Najee Harris is just, I don't know, 503. I feel like we're capitulating to Najee Harris. I'm not excited about him, but at the 503. He doesn't excite me. Yeah. Yeah. I I do like Madison because I, I do – everything we're seeing and hearing is that he's going to be a three-down back. I know, and they showed you today with Dwayne McBride. I mean, it's Madison, and I also like Ty Chandler at cost. I think that that's – it's crazy. I was completely negative on Madison when, you know, the Dalvin Cook uh, news first happened, and I didn't expect Madison to hold this value. And I'm willing to admit that I could have been wrong on this because I think the Vikings – have shown that they're very, very confident in these guys. They haven't brought in anybody. Um, and Madison's opening up the season with like a lot of volume in, in a very good offense. Now, what if what if Hopkins is here? Then I would prefer Hopkins. I just don't and I and I don't mind pushing it at running back because uh I think the sixth and the seventh and eighth round will have a lot of running backs we can make up for it with. I mean, so you're more familiar. I'm well, fine he went, with he went anyway. Right. Okay, so so in our queue right now is Madison, Pierce, Harris, um, and then I don't see a wide receiver to push up here that puts us on an edge. Like, I like a couple of the wide receivers, but I don't think – like Deontay Johnson's fine, Brandon Ayuk I like, but I, I'm, I'm fine going with a running back here if you want to go that way. Yeah, I, I think we can – Let's see if we can get a gift at a quarterback coming back around. And yeah. let's go ahead and take Madison. That's the guy I believe in this year. Let's take Madison then. That's a good pick there. So we take Alexander Madison as our first running back off the board. And Nelson, you know, I've kind of turned the corner on this with, with some of these main event teams. I think a lot of people get in the idea that I don't want to handcuff. But I think sometimes when I completely punt RB2, I don't mind handcuffing because I think Ty Chandler has a clear role behind him. Now we see Dwayne McBride on the way out, and I don't have to use premium draft capital on Ty Chandler. Like, if I yeah. want Ty Chandler, I'm going to be able to get him in, let's say, round 11, round 12. Where are you at on kind of your philosophy in a tournament setting like an FFPC main event or an NFFC primetime with handcuffing? So the, the honest answer is that I really don't pay attention to it um in a tournament or format like a main event or any of the 350s um i'm just taking high upside handcuff type running backs sometimes it just might be like by accident and and i'll take chandler and i have madison on the team but it, it's not done on purpose 
in confined leagues, uh, when I get into like leagues that are, you know, a 10 K buy-in and a 20 K buy-in, um, then I definitely do focus more on that because I look at it as I, I'm, I'm not trying to beat a thousand teams. I'm just trying to beat 11 other teams in the league for, for the prize money. So if my RB one went down and there's a clear cut handcuff, uh, to him, I can, I feel like I can get by if he's going to like miss two or three weeks. Yeah. No, I, I guess that's, that's, that's kind of, uh, the, probably the best advice. And we did, uh, a NFFC super right here on press coverage. I had Dan Williamson in and we drafted James Connor, um, at a very reasonable price. And I, and I believe we, we handcuffed him with Keontae Ingram. So, and then I did last night, Nelson, I got, I did a, with our friend, Mike Sanda had the craziest draft. It was a 14 team, 30 round best ball. So we drafted so many players. It was unbelievable. By the end of it, I felt like I did three drafts. We yeah. took Michael Hasty in round 30. Um, and we were excited to get Hasty because the end of the draft <laughs> was so bad. Um, it was so dried up. It was such a such an interesting draft. But Frank Mamola, Billy Wazowski, uh, they were both in that one as well. We're going to draft against those guys on Friday and Saturday um, in New York City. But it was like Mike invites me to this couple weeks back and, and it's been a, like a hard league to get into so i was like yeah. really happy to do it but then like you said this week has just been crazy um it's been like constant podcast constant content stuff and then i do this this draft with dan i was like by the end of the draft i was just mentally done so this 20 rounds is like uh 20 rounds 12 teamer this is like standing on my head right now so easy yeah yeah no i i agree um i definitely feel the grind um at the end of the night when, like, for example, yesterday I had uh, three drafts that I did, and then I had to do a podcast at midnight with Vlad. Um, Those California so. guys, shout out to, to Matty <laughs> Wood and uh, Vlad. I mean, come on, man. You, Nelson is, a, is an East Coast guy. These California guys are taking advantage of you with that time zone, Nelson. Yeah. So, like, you know, 1.30 in the morning, we're finishing up. And I'm just like, I'm dead. Like I, you know, that was it. You know, all the, all the drafts and and then the podcast and I, I was done for the day. So. So you see Najee Harris goes off the board here at the 507. And I believe that I, I don't have the entire main event ADP, but I think that might be the main event low for Najee. Okay. The team seven goes incredibly running back heavy. Um, I don't, I think that that Najee pick was one they really, really, really needed to pass on. Um, in my opinion, with Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs, like for a, uh, a running back, running back, running back start, that's very good. Um, and then they take Amari Cooper and then they go back to the running back. Well, I think if we look at the end of the draft, that team, we would have liked a lot more if they would have just, you know, been a little more balanced with that, that pick selection. Yeah. Yep. You see James Cook go. He's been rising. Goes at the 5'11". So sixth round, seventh round, Nelson, you're looking at like a big cluster of running backs um, sits there. You start seeing wide receiver values dry up. 
And then we also will potentially see, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence will be sitting there the end of the sixth, possibly the beginning of the seventh. Uh, Team two has selected a quarterback. So if we get to, you know, the 6-10, we can keep that in mind. We're actually in a good spot because team four next to us has taken a quarterback and team two next to us has taken a quarterback. So if we can just, and team five, so if we can just get to the middle of the round and, and people pass up on Fields and Lawrence, then I think yep. one of them will be there in the seventh round. Yeah, that would be nice. It's team uh, seven, eight, and nine. So if we can, uh, and six, my bad. Um, so and seven, eight, and seven has to take a wide receiver. Like they has have to, to take a wide receiver. Team six, that's really tough. I, although he might go with the Fields DJ Moore stack, but yeah. going two tight ends and then going a quarterback is tough in this format. Big time. So team six goes Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts. You're starting to see some of these bully tight end combination teams in the main event. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen it done a few times. It looked better when Waller was going a little bit later. Um, I've seen some decent-looking Mark Andrews, Darren Waller teams. It seems like the bully tight end teams work out well in FFPC best ball. I never see a bully tight end team when we get to the end and you're looking at, like, the big money winners. Um, Shout-out to Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani. I wonder what the, the win rates are for that in terms of, like, top 10 finishes. But I bet they're pretty low. What do you think of these teams that try to go like tight end, tight end starts um, or two tight ends in the first three rounds in a tight end premium format? Well, I, I think that's why they're doing it. They they think that they're grabbing an edge over taking a wide receiver. But um, we saw last year, it was basically the Kelsey show and everyone else was garbage. Um, really wasn't it any good. And I just think that the days of like Gronk and Jimmy Graham, um, that was kind of like the last time I remember that you could have gotten both guys and pretty much it was like clear sailing that year when they both had like monster seasons. Um, that it, You might have another year like that, you know, sometime, but I, I just think that you got to grab, you know, one tight end and, you know, trying to grab all these like, you know, two and three spending premium picks on tight ends. I just don't think that's the way to go because yeah, we, I'm with seen you. It. and we've seen teams get kind of get burned on this. I think a lot of times, um, you know, I remember this was two years ago. There was a lot of these uh, Darren Waller and Mark Andrews teams that would start out like that. It's, it's just difficult. So you see Dallas Goddard go off the board, uh, pretty good value for Goddard right there in the middle of the six. Nelson, we're coming up around. Um, we have Trevor Lawrence if we want to go with a quarterback. Then there is a ton of running backs um, kind of all bunched together in terms of their ADP. And I don't see a wide receiver that's not going to be there for us in the seventh unless you – Where does Pickens go? Pickens is in fine here. Format. Like this is right in Pickens' wheelhouse. He goes – 66 overall. So this is right behind it. I think if we took Pickens, I think I'll say that there's a 
60% chance on Lawrence. Not everybody's as, as into Lawrence. Um, so I think we could risk it and take Pickens and, and see if Lawrence comes back around to get that, you know, top-notch quarterback. And then if we are sniped on Lawrence, there's going to be some more attractive running backs here. I love Pickens. Here, let, let me ask you this. So I'm I'm high on Pickens, but I'm I, I am high on Lawrence. And and I do think that he's potentially an edge at QB. And he's kind of like the last guy of the top eight, right? Um, so if we're thinking this through, if if we take Lawrence, right, um, there's going to be – we might miss out on Pickens, but there's going to be wide receivers and running backs that fit our team that we'll be happy with. So I'm, I'm almost thinking why take the chance on team one sniping us on Lawrence – you know what I'm saying? I'm, you, I'm, open, I'm open to either. I'm open to either. I think it's fine. Um, I like the idea of getting a, 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 you know, an elite quarterback and one with high upside in Lawrence. Um, and if we do miss on Pickens. Here, here do, do not- this. Take Pickens. Take Pickens. Because w- what I'm thinking is we can we can push QB back if, if team one takes uh, Lawrence. Okay, so let's take Pickens. And then we'll auto pick Lawrence if he's at the seven hundred three, but we're going to risk it. So we took George Pickens here, and Nelson, we got to dodge four bullets. And we'll see. We'll see. well, we actually we have to dodge two bullets because Team Two is not going to take Lawrence because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have so, an idea for for our seventh round pick. Now I'll run it by you in just a let, – let a couple of picks go by, and then sure, I'm going to run this by you, see what you think. You don't want to get too excited in case that player's selected. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about players like too far – even though like – they're not listening to us. I don't want to talk about players too far in advance because then you get all excited about the thought and then he gets selected anyway. Yeah. No, I hear you. So we dodged right. a bullet. Let's see what Tyler Team Lockett. One going to do. He's, he's got the same build as us. Same exact build. Took Hawkinson. We took Waller. Two wide receivers. He's got a running back. Then he takes Big Mike. I feel like with the TJ Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, he wants to take Kirk Cousins in some regard. He might be an Anthony Richardson, Kirk Cousins double tap team. So I think he's going to pass up because he's already got that stack set up. We will see, though. Okay, we dodge one. He takes David Montgomery. All right, this is this is the suspense. This is where we win the Academy Award, Nelson. <laughs> we got to wait for team team one here to not take Trevor Lawrence. He's thinking about it. I think he's going to go with a wide receiver, based on his balanced team so far. I think he's going to take McLaren, or he's going to take uh, Gabe Davis. I will say, like M- McLaurin here is a pretty good value um, for him to fall to the, to the seven hundred one, even with the turf toe. Um, 
Gosh, this team, just make up your mind, man. He's at 10 seconds, Nelson. It's a tough turn for him. He's taking it right down to the wire. Okay, so we dodged the bullet. He took Zay Flowers. So we are, he really thought about that one. So is there anyone that that is jumping out to you that would make you want to second guess are getting Trevor Lawrence here in the seventh? I say we just take Lawrence. We almost took him a couple of picks ago. We don't have to worry about tight end. We don't have to worry about quarterback. They're done. Um, talk to me. I think it's Lawrence or Jonathan Taylor. And the only reason why he comes in – listen, I'm, I'm fading him. I faded him all season, but – I'm I'm all about you know game theory and leverage and in a main event where he's been going in the second and third round of these drafts, you're you know you're gonna have a main event where he goes in the seventh where he's got a lot of risk and downside right, um, but it's in the seventh round so you can stomach it and your our team can withstand it. And so, yeah, I'll say that. I think that Nelson, we have a good enough team that if he's a zero for the year, we're still going to be all right. But it's tough because we're passing on my boy Lawrence. I'll, I'm going to let you you decide on that pick, but I think it's between those two. Well, <laughs> man, Nelson, I, I which way are you leaning? Twenty seconds. I I could go either way, man. Taylor in the seventh round. I I felt like that was the fair price let's, today. Let's take let's take Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Let's take him. Done. Jonathan Taylor in the seventh round. We 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 fell on the grenade, or we drafted a league winner. No. <laughs> he so, trapped us, man. He yeah. They, us. they 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 got us. They got us. We couldn't pass it up. So seven oh seven oh three. We take Jonathan Taylor. Easily his main event low. I'll I'll say this is going to be the lowest. I've seen him anywhere. This is going to be the lowest you've seen him in any, any NFC um, so far. Was there an earlier NFFC draft, Nelson, that you happen to see a board for? Yeah, so I, I did one earlier today um, at 8 o'clock, and I did pay attention to it. And hold on one second. And, of course, I forgot. But it was sixth round, I bet. It Late sixth round. Yeah, I'll say this is easily the lowest I've seen him in a in a main event. This is the lowest I've seen him on underdog. This is the lowest you'll see him anywhere. No, so uh, middle of the seventh. Middle of the seventh. Okay, so we have a we have a Taylor here. Again, I think we can make up for it at quarterback. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence has you know for people that are listening in that play NFFC FFPC is a four point passing touchdown format um so he goes a little bit lower than nffc um so we passed on it you see terry mclaurin here go off the board at the 705 uh and jonathan taylor at the 703 um so our team right now is jamar chase jalen waddle darren waller drake london alexander madison george pickens and then we took jonathan taylor what a wild time to get jonathan taylor in the seventh round nelson yeah so uh I don't know if I'm going to regret that because, like I said, you know, Lawrence is definitely my my guy this year, and we passed on him. Um, and it was at a pretty good price. But, I, you know, 
I feel like we're we're good enough that we can we can figure this out. And if like let's, I don't know if the marriage can be repaired between Taylor and the Colts, but what if uh, during the season they do work out a trade? And let's say it's like week three, uh, right before you know, or like week four, right, um, right before Taylor is uh, can be activated off the pup. And they do make a trade with a team, and yeah, and I mean, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of outcomes here. There also could be Taylor just plays less games, but when he's on the field, he gives you 17 points per game because he's that good a player. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 hard to take a near zero. I think sixth round Taylor, I couldn't stomach, but when you get to this seventh, like quarterback, I think we can make up for it. Whereas George Pickens versus Taylor, I would have taken Pickens. And, and the other thing too that like I was thinking of is like, all right, I, I like Lawrence, but I've been drafting him over at the NFFC uh, where it's six points a touchdown. And over here it's four points a touchdown for a quarterback. Yeah. So I feel like, okay, you know, this is probably the format. If I'm going to push QB back the, you know, this is it. And, but it, it needed to be for the right player. I don't know if Taylor's the right player, but it it's definitely one of those, you know, uh, risky, you know, uh, picks that could like totally work out or it, it could just, you know, he could be a zero all year long. But like I said, I think we're good enough that we can figure that out. If he is. Yeah. And running back, running back two is the spot that I'm like always kind of least concerned about because we do, hit the waiver wire a lot. And I think we'll draft well in these next few rounds. So he's a luxury pick for us. I think that if we didn't like our start as much as we do, that would have been one where we try to have to make up for it in the seventh round with, with, with instant production. Um, But kind of the way the board fell. um, I think when we start out the season with the four wide receivers we have and Darren Waller uh, and then Alexander Madison in our RB one spot. I like the way that team looks a lot. So we did it, guys. We we took Jonathan Taylor. That's the highlight of the show right there. That's the clip. If you're the, watching the show and you're producing it, yeah. then that, that's the clip is the, the Jonathan Taylor drama. Um, yeah. you see that's, the clip, that's the part where I'm, I'm tired and it's probably just time to go to bed. There you go, Nelson. But we got a lot of draft left, man. We're, we're I feel like you're you're a little a little bit of apprehension that you didn't take Trevor Lawrence, but we're going to keep <laughs> this thing going. We're going to find some quarterback value. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Anthony Richardson now, because I've seen some all over the place takes. My initial reaction is Anthony Richardson is going to rush for so many yards, no matter how bad this offense is. A lot of times um, the the rushing yards are going to come when they're down big and there's just opportunities to to have non-designed rushes. And then you also factor in that there's going to be a lot of designed rushes for him and then if they do get into the to the red zone, the week one competition for, you know, goal, run, goal line runs is Deion Jackson and Evan Hole. Um, so to me, the offense is going to be less efficient, but the opportunities for Richardson kind of outweigh that. Where are you at on Richardson? Um, I'm, I'm still low on him. Like, I, I don't want to go – someone always – in every one of my drafts is always higher on him than I am. 
Um, Billy's, Billy's not, not high on him either. We've, we've had the same conversation. What are some of the things that concern you? Is it the quality uh, of the just, offense? Is it experience? It's the simple fact that at Florida, he, he was inaccurate and couldn't complete a pass if like his life depended on it. And what's going to change in the NFL? You know, that's, that's the thing that I get hung up on is like, I, I watched him at Florida and like, he struggled, you know, with his accuracy. So it's like now you're dealing with like tighter coverage, tighter windows. And I don't, I don't know what's going to change. Like guys can definitely get better and he's a super freak. Um, and I, and I've said this already about him. He's either Jamarcus Russell or he's Cam Newton. He, he's like not in between. He's going to be one or the other. So yeah, I put it this way. Like, I would be interested in Richardson as like my number two, but I, I, I'm not drafting him as like my QB one, you know, the guy that I'm going into the season with starting. Um, and I get it that like you can draft Richardson with his upside and always take like a safer option, you know, later in the draft. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm struggling with that one. Cause like I, even if like, He's really productive, you know, rushing and, and everything. I'm I'm struggling to see like how much upside. Are we talking like Justin Fields last year? Is that like what we're yeah, thinking? Yeah, I think that that I mean I think if 1200 yards might not be in the realm of possibilities, but I think he's going to get 900 plus um which is still really good. Um, but it, for him to have this sort of break fantasy type season, if he's not going to pass for a lot of yards, he is going to have to go, you know, in that north of a thousand Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields kind of level because he's not going to have the touchdown passes in that offense. Nelson, we're, we're a couple picks away here. Yeah. Let I me have ask you this. Good. Is that getting familiar with the format? Where does Tua and Daniel Jones go? Because those would be the two quarterbacks that we could stack with the, the guys that we have. Later. Like Daniel Jones, Later. Billy, like I think Daniel Jones, if we want to lock it in 10th round, we don't need to use a ninth round pick on him. Tua is a little bit earlier. Tua goes 116 overall. So he's still, that's still in, in like the ninth, 10th round. So okay. here, this is a running back cleanup round. This is a couple of wide receivers um, like Cortland Sutton is interesting in this round now with his. Uh, then you also have the. Sutton and uh, Pacheco. No, not Pacheco. Pacheco um, went. It would be Brian Robinson. Uh, yep. He gives us like that, that floor uh, guy to begin the year uh, to replace Taylor. And then Sutton sticks out to me. So I think Brian Robinson will be there in the ninth round if I had to yeah. bet on it because you have JSN still on the board. Um, not everybody loves Brian Robinson. Uh, I, I think he's fine here. I think Cortland Sutton gives us another really high upside guy for this build. Mm -hmm. He feels a little more dangerous, but if you want to go with the structural play, we can do that. I like Sutton. Okay, so let's take Sutton. Well, if he's there, we'll, we'll see if TB4 is going to cooperate. He takes Brandon Cooks. So we are going to take Cortland Sutton. And then 
our next pick will be Brian Robinson. Um, and let's put in a couple of contingent plays here, Nelson. I'll put where are you at on Jalen Warren? Charbonnet. Charbonnet, absolutely. And P. Ryan. Those are all good with me. And okay. I, if we didn't have the strength at wide receiver, I would suggest a couple other wide receivers, but we're really loaded. We need to start looking at running back to, to balance this team out a little bit. Um, and then tight end two wise, like Njoku, Billy and I got in the 10th round the other day, and that kind of appealed to me. I think that we need to go with the running back here. We've got a, uh, four picks ahead of us, uh, and we have four running backs in the queue. <clears throat> so I think we're all right. We'll see. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we'll get one of those. Uh, we'll get one of those running backs coming back. And that's, that's the insurance uh, to be able to get out of the gates and have a playable RB two. What is your thoughts on attacking the Indianapolis backfield later on in the draft? Are you taking shots on some of these guys? I'll say, I like yeah. Evan Hull as a talent. I had mm-hmm. him in a bunch of dynasty teams. Um, Deion Jackson, obviously, he was he had a running back one overall week last year and another week where he was use, usable, call it like running back 25. Um, he's a kind of guy that catches some passes, and I'm not sure if Anthony Richardson checking down to the running back is going to be a big thing. If somebody's looking to chase um, – you know, Indianapolis running back points, which way do you recommend going? I mean, how is the, to me is the most talented guy there um, that I'm interested in, uh, but they could turn that in easily into a committee. So I'm, it's not like I'm advocating for Hull and like, he's a no brainer and he's going to be the guy. Um, I'm just saying that like, to me, he's the most talented and they could go out and sign a free agent, you know, possibly like a Kareem Hunt or something like that. So we never know, but like these guys go so cheap in the draft, um, which I mean, now with the Taylor news, who you know, who knows? They they'll probably move up a couple of rounds, but Hull would be the guy for me. Yeah, I, I think that that's the way to do it. It's just a it's kind of a dangerous game putting too much into that backfield. And then you also have Zach Moss for when he comes back from injury, they might just go super boring with him. So we lose Brian Robinson, which is unfortunate Nelson, but we have two running backs in our queue with Charbonnet and P Ryan. I think Charbonnet is the biggest upside pick here. Um, It's, it's a better offense for me than Denver. And I think P Ryan's a nice player, but I think like if this was a, if, if Javante Williams went down and also uh, Ken Walker went down, I think Charbonnet would be the higher scorer. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think Charbonnet's got the higher upside. Now, if we did not select, if we did not make that selection uh, of Alexander Madison, and let's say we were chasing, let's say we were chasing our running back points for like an RB one mm-hmm. in like a sicko build. Brian Robinson or uh, J- Zach Charbonnet or Samaj P. Ryan, would you go with Samaj P. Ryan if you needed like points week one um, as like your RB1 in like a true zero build? Um, I know that's dangerous game, Nelson, but 
Is it structural that Charbonnet over Pirine, or is it Charbonnet over Pirine pretty much every draft? No, I, 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 I'm okay with Pirine, and I definitely think that he's going to be used. That Javante Williams, despite him playing in the preseason, I do think that they're going to uh, he's going to be slow um, to come out of the gates. So Pirine's going to be used. Um, but I do know that Charbonnet is going to be involved in that offense. Uh, it's not going to be just, you know, the Ken Walker show. So he might surprise us a little bit um, with how much he plays. So I I probably just go Charbonnet every time. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Charbonnet every time guy too. Um, I have in our queue for coming back in the 10th round, Tua and Daniel Jones. We can keep an eye on it though, Nelson, because – um, you know, if they're both still on the board and your comfort level is pretty even with the two of them, uh, team one is the only one that needs a, a quarterback team two, we don't have to worry about. So, and also team four and team five have quarterbacks. So this could be a weird draft. We've seen like Billy and I have a Darren Waller, uh, Daniel Jones team. And I think we did get Daniel Jones in the 11th there. Um, if we want to lock it down, we can do it at the in the 10th round. So we'll just kind of keep an eye on the players in our queue when we get to that level. Uh, you see Tank Bigsby go off the board here. Uh, ninth round, you start seeing a running back cleanup. And and now in this format, um, I, I've paid attention to drafts, you know, that, you know, David's done and, and everything and that you have done. Um, so I've watched some of your guys' streams and stuff. Um with QB, I, I do notice like guys like Daniel Jones will go like in the thirteenth round, right? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. it's weird. It's like yeah. um, so in this draft we haven't seen Deshaun Watson go off the board, and Deshaun Watson is kind of like the cue for like these other guys. Mm-hmm. So like Deshaun Watson usually goes off the board at, at he's goes around pick one hundred. Um, so this is going to get slightly unusual when we get down to this range. Um, but again, everybody's taking a quarterback. So he, no one's going to take Deshaun Watson as the QB two. team seven um, and team six might consider him. We might get to a situation where we just punt quarterback to the, to round 12 Nelson, because again, it's just kind of the way the board is, is, is lying. Um, but if Watson goes trying to think when Watson's going to go because I don't know what team seven's going to do team, team seven, seven has, has Cooper and Njoku yeah so they've got to probably go with with Watson there you would think he took Njoku as um as a second playable tight end behind Goddard with the thought that look look at the teams behind them they all have quarterback he should be able to get Watson to come back to him so I'm I'm gonna venture to guess. I don't know who Team Seven is, but they'll be well played uh, if that's what he ends up doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he has made up a little bit. Um, you know, getting Pittman there in the in the eighth round for that build definitely helps him a little bit. Um, just going through this draft, Curtis Patrick's team is AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, Travis Etienne, Lamar Jackson, James Cook, Jahan Dotson, Evan Ingram. And he gets DeAndre Swift. Um, there's a couple of decent builds here, but I think I really like ours. I love the Chase Waddle Waller start. I think it's super dangerous. 
Yeah. And we I, see the draft kind of create. Oh, go ahead, Nelson. No, I was going to say this has actually been a tough uh, draft room. Um, it's I, I'm not familiar with the names um, over here in this draft room, but I'll tell you what, what they've they've pretty much drafted pretty solid. I feel like like when you get to this time of year, you kind of never know. Um, it, there's so many teams in these FFPC main events. Like once in a while, you see a team that might not know what they're doing, but there's so much good information out there with like Fantasy Mojo for the ADP, um, and then you know certain sites like Player Profiler and FTN. Um, you see some drafters who might have only one main event, but they they are able to put it together. And you also sometimes see drafters who maybe draft five or six, and you never really like their builds. So yeah. uh, you never you never know in in these streets. And then the live drafts are are wild because you know next weekend we're going to be in New York City, and those are all really really hard tables. You don't have an easy draft. Not one single one all weekend will be easy. But then when you get to get out to Vegas, once in a while, um, live drafts in Vegas can kind of go off the rails. People have a really good time. Uh, in Vegas in general, uh, sometimes people draft right after the the Thursday opener and don't necessarily know how to value guys and they push guys up too much. Uh, and then sometimes you get people that maybe haven't drafted uh, as much all summer, but they want to do a draft in Vegas. Like it's like they're, they're, they're get out of town weekend and, and go have a good time. So um, I think these next, you know, six or seven days online are always really challenging. Um and then the live drafts in, in New York City are going to be like going to the dentist, man, like pulling your teeth out. It It is going to be tough. But you know what's interesting about drafting in New York City? It, it's such a grind and a tough draft. But because it's filled with guys that are so – have such strong opinions that guys get pushed up in those kind of drafts. And sometimes the draft just falls nice for you. And, and yeah. You, you just kind of like lay back and and just kind of take you know go with the flow, so th that that's also possible. And sometimes in those live drafts, you'll see guys fall like to even lower um, even lower levels than you do um, online. Like mm -hmm. you like I just remember there's certain drafts where you will see like a guy and the whole table doesn't want him, and then they feel like they're falling on a grenade, and it's kind of like playing you know, online poker versus live poker. There's like mm -hmm. the whole factor of, do I really want to fall on this grenade? If Billy Wazowski and, and Nelson Sousa and Chris Vaccaro all passed on this guy, should I really be diving on him because I'm getting him, you know, six, seven spots better than ADP. So I think a little bit of that goes through um, the equation as well, Nelson. Cause I think a lot of these guys, like I remember last year it was Kittle kept falling when we were in New York, Najee yeah. Harris kept falling in New York and, you know, for the most part, people were kind of wise for that because both guys had really slow starts. But then Kittle, obviously, at the end, if you were alive with the Kittle team, you had some good weeks. So uh, you never know. You never know with these things. Are you doing the auction this year? I am. Yeah, that that that's a grind. That that's Friday morning, and it's a it's a loaded league, um, but like super fun. Like it it uh, it sharpens your skills. 100%. That's probably the best auction draft on the East Coast. Um, out in Vegas, they have a couple of high stakes auctions, but that particular auction is is absolutely loaded.
Chris Ebel will be in that one. Um, Billy will be Wazowski, Chris Vaccaro. I think Frank Mamola does that one. There's a bunch of guys. I'm oh, Glenn Lowy will be in that one. I mean, that's just beyond loaded. Nelson, we have in our queue right now. Samaje so Piran would be an auto pick at the 10-10. Um, and we see that quarterback was passed up on again. Mm-hmm. So well, let's see what Team Seven does. I, I think he's gonna take Watson. He should. We'll see, though. He's also looking at the board and realizing that he only has to drowge a couple of bullets, too. He takes Watson. So, Team 7, you read that you read that correctly. Team 7 ends up getting a Deshaun Watson, David Njoku, and Amari Cooper stack. We see A.J. Dillon go off the board. Um, so, right now, Nelson, Tua, if we want him, uh, we could take him with one of these picks. Sometimes you see Anthony Richardson going before Danny Dimes. And sometimes you see Dak going before Danny Dimes. So Danny Dimes has the lowest. He's the fourth uh, highest quarterback in terms of this ADP. Well, there goes P. Ryan. So I actually think that we can we can leave uh, running back alone. There's no one that like sticks out to me. The, the yeah. guys that stick out to me now is taking Tua and not worrying it and not taking the chance that team one takes them. Uh, and Rashad Bateman, uh, I don't, I don't see, I don't think he's been taken. No, Bateman is, Bateman is still available. Um, I like it. I think we can take Tua. I'd like a Tua share and I like a Tua Waddle stack a lot. So let's, let's take Tua. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So we lock in our quarterback one. Uh, we take Tua Tungavailoa in the 10th round here, giving us a Jalen Waddle, Tua Tungavailoa uh, correlation. Uh, we're not going to risk it with Team 1 still needing a quarterback. And now I don't have a Daniel, two Daniel Jones, Darren Waller teams. But that other team, I have Saquon with Waller and Jones with Billy Muzio. Uh, okay. We recorded that on First Class Fantasy. So this is good. I like having nice. a, Tua, a Tua team. Yeah, nice. Uh I think coming back, Bateman and Laporta are the two guys that stick out to me. Those are exactly who I had in the queue. We see Bateman go off the board. Laporta stands out big time. We also have the free look, Nelson. So if Laporta has a big game, we can use him um, on Thursday. And if he doesn't, it's it's no risk to us. So I always love love getting a couple of these Thursday players. Um, so I had the same two guys in the queue. So that's that's good thinking. We lose one of them. So I'm going to put in a couple contingent guys. Uh, running back wise, is there any running backs you see? I think Roshan Johnson's interesting. Kendra Miller's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Elijah Mitchell, I think is interesting. Tight end wise after Laporta, I'm not sure. I don't think it's as needed to grab tight end two with some of those other guys. I think there's Laporta like definitely stands out. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I don't see a wide receiver we need to have. We, we have five now. Sutton's our, our number five. So we've got, I think a solid option there. Um, I think it's, if Laporta goes, I, I think it's a running back and I like Roshan Johnson. I like Kendra Miller. 
So yeah, I, I have those guys in the queue. Guys. I have Roshan. I have Kendra in the queue. Um, and again, the only other wide receiver, like I like Nico Collins, but again, with this build, I don't think we need him. Um, so I think it's, I think it's Laporta or running back. Yeah. If we end up with Laporta, I, I am going to say that we probably have to rattle off, uh, some green stickers, uh, here for the next couple of rounds. Yeah. And I think that that becomes, I think Ty Chandler becomes one I'd really like to get. Cause again, we would have the Minnesota backfield locked up. Uh, if we, if we end up with Laporta here. Um, I think it becomes a little more important if we end up with Roshan or Kendra here, then I feel a little less. Okay. And we get sniped on that one, Nelson. That was a tough snipe. So now we also have to keep in mind that we're going to have to make up for it at tight end too. Um, but I still think we go with one of those two rookie running backs here. I'm open to both. I've been taking Kendra Miller a little more. So in terms of exposure, I'd want Roshan, but if you have the conviction for Kendra, I will say, the one positive with Kendra with this build is that week one, if Kendra's usage is really good, we might get two weeks starting out of him. Um, whereas Roshan, I'm not sure how the split's going to go. He could, be, I think Roshan has more of a path for the entire season. Um, but Kendra, I think, definitely gives us a faster start if we want to get points out of these two guys. So I'll defer to you. Yeah. We have 15 seconds. Um, Which one? I'm I'm fine with either one to be honest with you. So let's um, take Roshan Johnson. Okay. Okay, so we take Roshan Johnson. Uh we went right down to the wire. I do like both of those guys in the 11th and 12th round. I think they're both good values. It was unfortunate missing out on Laporta. We were one pick away from that. Um again, Laporta is a luxury pick, but tight end 2 is important in this format. Uh we don't want to get stuck uh, with only one uh, tight end we're comfortable with. Uh, there's a few other tight ends that are going to be coming up around. So we need to make up for it at tight end two. We need to make up for it at running back. Um, wide receiver, I think we're I think we're kind of done. Uh, and I like taking a couple of these later rookies and taking like okay. one of them. In this format, I'm okay just take – because. You're, in this format, you're always going to find playable wide receivers on the waiver wire. So I'm okay just taking six and like taking one more like later in the draft and just be done with it. And then, yeah. you know, we'll we'll back up Waller. And I'll, I'll tell you what, like I'm not really like really concerned because Obviously, I'm pretty high on Waller. I've been taking him in a lot of drafts. So my game plan moving forward is uh, on all my Waller teams, I'm I'm drafting with the last pick. I'm drafting uh, Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, I so, think that's a, that's a good strategy. You saw that last year with the Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely teams. Um, and I think it's somewhat similar. Like, I think Bellinger is good. Um, Bellinger, you know, has had a really, really good preseason. And they like him. So... I'm fine with that. I, I I don't mind that at all. Okay. Um, but I do love Laporta. That one stinks to lose out on. I got to say that's like the most tilting uh, snipe in this entire draft um, for me. Because <laughs> yep. I've liked getting him a lot. I have teams where he's my tight end one in FFPC. And then I'll balance him out with like a, a veteran couple of boring tight ends. 
to maybe have floors in case he he doesn't come out as fast as I think. But I think I think Laporta could be a you know I think he's going to be a top fifteen tight end, which is not like a huge ask. But then all you got to do is have a couple of extra touchdowns or spike weeks, and all of a sudden you're like tight end eight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I've been getting him quite a bit also in drafts um so you know it's a bummer but but it's not like we try to get cute with him and you know he was going to be our tight end one and we got sniped you know we we have waller so it's like it was kind of like a luxury pick as a number uh two tight end and it would have been at like a decent price to pay for him i'm somewhat intrigued by jawan johnson lately i think there's a lot of positive buzz on him I think they like him and they're going to use him. Uh, he definitely looked good in the preseason. And then I like Luke Musgrave later on mm-hmm. uh, as another potential high upside guy that's going to be on the field a lot in these FFPC uh, streets. You know, I think he's the kind of guy that could, you know, end up being a steal. Um, so there will be tight end options for us in the 12th. Uh, Kenry Miller still on, on the board. Um, I put Ty Chandler in the queue. I put both Miami running backs in the queue. I put Tyler Algier in the queue. Um, so we can keep yeah. kind of making up for Don't forget it. forget Evan Hall. Got to put Evan Hall in there. Where do you? Where did Evan Hall go in your draft? I took him in the 13th, 14th round. Okay. So we're right in the wheelhouse at 12-10. Yeah. And then we would have the Evan Hole uh, Jonathan Taylor combination, which is nice. I mean, I've been taking Hull quite a bit. I think I'm at like fifty percent uh, Hull for for my teams. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I decided not to like wait and see where he was going to go. I just decided to set the ADP, and I think that's that's the price I'm willing to pay for him and just speculate again. 13th, 14th round pick, you know, so many of these picks don't end up working out that when you look back, you know, you ended up dropping them after a couple of weeks. It's not going to devastate your team. So I'm willing to, you know, just keep taking the guy and see if Indy wants to go with, you know, him and Deion Jackson to start the year. Who knows if like Zach Moss will be ready from his like broken hand. Um, But you know, when Moss comes back, they could form a committee. They could sign Kareem Hunt. Like many of those factors could happen. But again, I'm looking at it as like to just avoid it and say, well, you know, it's probably going to be a committee. I think that's like a lazy approach to go with. I, I think the the way to do it is try to, you know, mix in Hull, Deion Jackson, uh, uh, Zach Moss, and, and just see like, you know, week one, how it shakes out. Maybe they don't do anything. Maybe they're content with the guys that they have on the roster. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I think it's also interesting, Nelson, you talk about having like 50% exposure to a guy. Um, I think in the back half, it doesn't matter. Like have as, if you have conviction in round 12, 13, 14, 15, the hit rates are already not great there. Mm-hmm. If you want 50, 60%, go for it. If you start, yeah, if you exactly. said that, I, if you said that I have fifty percent on a seventh rounder or a sixth rounder, I'd say we got to pump the brakes a little bit. But when yeah. you get to the back, the back half of the draft, go for it. 
No, I agree. Do you track your do you track your first, second, third? Do you track all your your uh, ownership percentages in general? I do. Yeah. What's yeah. With, you don't have to say you're your highest rostered guy, but of the like the first five rounds, six rounds, what would be a percentage where you'd be comfortable having exposure to a guy? Twenty five. So I want to. Uh, I would say that like thirty three percent. Okay. I'm comfortable with. I think if you start getting higher than that, um, you can you could be right on the guy. And he could be having an awesome year. You can't factor in injury. So the guy gets injured and now you've got, you know, an early round pick that you've got 40, 50% of, you know, that's devastating to a big portfolio. Um, So 33 is my comfort level. Um, When I start going. Yeah, I think that's a great, it's, it's an aggressive, it's an aggressive number. I think some other players who continually track their percentage might say that's high, but I think you are a guy that if you have conviction and you see a guy as a, as a fantastic value, you're willing to put, you know, a third of the chips in. So I think that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would probably say like, which would be kind of surprising, I think to people, but like a Monra St. Brown is my highest owned, you know, player as far as like the early rounds and he's a first round pick. So, yeah. You know, it's it's actually hard to accomplish that if you think about it cuz No, ab- absolutely. The thing about him is when you're playing NFFC, there's so many spots you can consider some of these guys where like Amon Ra I've taken in a ton of these FFPCs, but I've never had to take him higher than I think uh we pushed him up to the 108 in one of these drafts. That's that's my high exposure for him in an FFPC. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time, I was able to get him like 11, 12. Um, there has been drafts earlier where you were able to get him at like the 201, 202. So it's uh, it's wild times, man. I'm on Ross St. Brown to the moon. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of like Pollard. You used to be able to get Pollard later. The market's kind of corrected itself, and, and rightly so. So, Nelson, we're, we're coming up here in the 12th round. Um, I have in our queue, Kendra Miller is still there. Very tempting. Evan Hull. Both Miami running backs, Tyler Algier, Ty Chandler, and then I think Jake Ferguson stands out a little bit as a tight end. Um, I prefer him to Dulcich, and this is right about the area. If we wanted to get a Jake Ferguson, this would be right about it. He goes off the board as tight end 21, um, and he goes and he goes off the board at 149 overall. So I say we go running back. Um, I think it's running back, running back, to be honest. I Okay. So I'm fine with that. Um, and then Jake Ferguson goes, so it doesn't matter. So let's game theory this. My favorite guys here are – I actually think all six are viable picks here, Nelson. Kendra Miller, though, we almost took last time. I think from a pure talent perspective, I think it's Kendra Miller. But I have Ty Chandler, Raheem Mostert, Tyler Algier, Evan Hull, and then Jeff Wilson. I would say Kendra Miller and then – Algier or like a Jeff Wilson who I will say Devon a chain. If we're looking for a second half of the year guy, we already have that. Let's take Kendra Miller and then we keep talking about it. Is Kendra your yeah. guy that you agree is the, the clear standard? Yeah. Yeah. That that's the guy here. And then okay, we can so talk we're taking about Kendra. Let's take Kendra. 
And now, how are you ranking in terms of what you want out of Jeff uh, Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Tyler Algier, Ty Chandler, and then I threw A-Chain in there. A-Chain, you know, it's it's wild. He keeps surviving and dodging all these bullets, and we do have the Tua Waddle stack, so he's interesting. But I do think the more practical pick is probably one of the other guys based on Devon A-Chain opening up the season a little banged up. Where are you at? And you see well, Algier go. Yeah, I, I I think I saw something where A-Chain is back to practice. But I don't so, know if he's – I don't think he's going to – like. He's, I don't know how limited he'll be, though. I, I love A-Chain. You don't have to twist my arm. I have tons of A-Chain. Uh, and he did dodge a Jonathan Taylor-sized bullet. So I'm fine taking him. Um, it comes down to Hole, A-Chain, or Chandler. Certainly the talent level, A-Chain's the most talented back. Mm-hmm. Chandler makes sense for us structurally, as does Evan Hull, though. So we have three bullets, in two, two picks in, ahead of us, um, and then these guys. And then Damian Harris is in the queue as well. I should have mentioned him. I mean, it's probably going to be a committee with, with Miami. It's probably going to yep. be a committee with the Colts. Um so I feel like, you know, A-Chain or Hull are kind of in the similar situations. But I feel like I feel like Zach Moss and Deion Jackson are less than uh, yeah. than like Mostert and Jeff Wilson. So I think it would be I think Hull has an easier path to possibly like being that guy there. I'm fine with it. Again, I think this is relatively – and there it goes A-Chain. So now it comes down to Evan Hull versus Ty Chandler versus Jeff Wilson. There's a chance Ty Chandler drops to us in the 14th. I don't think so. Um, so I'm not – and I think that – I think we take Hull. You have conviction on him. We already have exposure to the Indianapolis backfield. I would argue that we have the two most talented Indianapolis backs with Taylor and Hull. Like Zach Moss is just a guy uh, and he's banged up and Deion Jackson is a receiving back. So yeah. I say we take hole. Okay. All right. So we take Evan hole. Uh, we may lose Ty Chandler out of this, but it's fine. Um, so just to recap our team, our team right now is we started Jamar chase. We go Jalen Waddle, Darren Waller, Drake, London, Alexander Madison. Then we go George Pickens. Then in the big tilting moment of the draft, Nelson and I pass up on Trevor Lawrence uh, to take Jonathan Taylor at uh, the 703. Um, we fell on the grenade for the rest of the league, but it could end up being a million-dollar grenade. Then we take Portland Sutton in the eighth round. We take Zach Charbonnet in the ninth. We take Tua Tungavailoa in the tenth as our QB1. And then we have painted it green with three straight rookie running backs. We have four rookie running backs on this team, but three straight with Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, Evan Hole. I like the value on all of those. I like the value on Charbonnet. I think we've actually recovered very well at running back. Um, we have a lot of contingent upside guys. We have a couple players who could take over backfields. Like Roshan, I like Khalil Herbert a lot, but I think Roshan is a little more well-rounded back, um, and I think he could be the kind of guy that gets more of a, you know, the the usage trends to his favor as the season moves along. 
Kendra, you have two 28-year-olds in the same backfield as him. So, like, when Kamara comes back, Kamara's going to have a role. Uh, no doubt about that. Kamara looks good. Uh, and Jamal Williams is going to be, you know, getting touches in the first couple weeks as well. But Kendra has the juice. Um, he's a good player. He's very young, very explosive. And then you heard Nelson talk about the Evan Hole rationale. So I like the way the team is shaping up. Um, mm -hmm. This is a good-looking team in a difficult draft, and I think we've covered up at our worst position. I'm going to scroll the board down a little bit so people can see it. I, th I think it's funny how, you know, Theo goes, hey, Nelson, seventh round, you want to take your boy Lawrence, you know? And Nelson says, now nah, let's take the guy that I've been fading all summer long. Hey man, you, it, you don't you don't hate the you don't hate the players. You hate the ADPs, and you were fading Taylor at his cost. Um, you know, there's been other seasons where you've wanted to take Taylor, and talent wise, he's he is what he is. And again, if you didn't like the way your team was shaped up in the first six rounds, I don't think you would have made that move. I think mm -hmm. it's because you felt pretty confident. I think the Madison pick kind of allowed you to do that because. Madison gave you a certain comfort level that we're going to get running back points in week one, at least. Um, yeah. And actually I think we'll get running back points for as long as Madison can hold up. That's kind of my only fear with Madison is like, we've seen him do it in two weeks in a row. We've never seen him do it more than two weeks in a row. Um, and we've, we've seen him have like these big effective games, but the volume was low last year, but they, NFL teams tell you what they think about players with their actions and their inaction. And mm -hmm. I think Minnesota has a comfort level in Madison right now. Um, and I think we should too. And I think Minnesota also has a comfort level in Ty Chandler uh, based on what they've done with him, who's a very inexperienced guy. And I think he's got a clear role as well. So we're here. We're drafting Alexander Madison over Najee Harris. It's uh, that's what we do, man. We're, 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 we're not, we're not looking at past seasons. We're looking at this season. Absolutely. You see the wide receivers start getting cleaned up in this round. You get to kind of the last few draftable wide receivers. Uh, Rondell, Zay Jones, Tyler Boyd, Jonathan Mingo. There's going to be a couple other interesting pockets of wide receivers. When we get a couple rounds later, you'll see the Hyatts, the Michael Wilsons, those types go. Um, looking at some of these teams, again, I think our team is fine. Uh, you see Team 12 go with another tight end after the George Kittle pick. So I think they have kind of tight end fear. Um, that's just my my read on Team 12. Um, but yeah, I like what what uh, Team 9 did with the Juwan Johnson and Luke Musgrave picks back-to-back. -back. I think that's, that's the kind of players I'd be looking at in the second half of the draft for trying to play catch-up at tight end. Uh, and then obviously we like what Team 2 did, getting Sam Laporta as their tight end 2 to Kelsey. That's going to be a fun opening game for them with Kelsey and Laporta. They could get a good head start in the league if if it turns out to be a tight end fest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think um, what what have you been doing in late in your drafts? Have you been speculating on guys in that Thursday night game with the free look? I've liked doing it. I've liked doing it late though. Like you can get. Um, Justin Ross, well, he just made the roster, so he's to be interested to see where he settles in. But Justin Ross, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, you can always take one of those guys in the 20th. I've liked taking, uh, you know, the kickers from both of those teams because we get a free look. Obviously, Harrison Bucker is a kind of a, a rosterable kicker. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I like the free look, the free look teams. We've also done Kansas City defense, knowing that we might just cut them after the game. Um, mm-hmm. But the, having the free look is is fun, and I think if you play it right, that's a uh, a really really can be an effective strategy as well. Um, but you know, I don't get too caught up in it. I've had you know number of running backs that like I've been taking a ton of Keontae Ingram. Um, I've taken some Sean Tucker of late, Rico Dowdle. I've taken some. Uh, I've taken some Zach Moss. Um, and then those rookie wide receivers I mentioned, like those guys I sometimes take as well. Uh, in our queue now, we have Ty Chandler, Jaden Reed. Um, those two guys stand out to me, Nelson. Um, Hayden Hurst I like. I took him actually in a, another main event earlier today, a slow one I'm doing with Biplap Mandel. Um, so I'm okay with Hurst as well. Looking at the board, I think – if you want Hurst, that's the pick because I think team one might take a tight end too. If it comes okay. to us. But I mean, for me, I wanted Ty Chandler maybe last pick. And I think Ty Chandler here would be a really good value. And we get a handcuff yeah, to we'd end up it's not necessarily ideal to have two Colts running backs and two Minnesota running backs. You feel like you have to hold them. It maybe limits a little bit what of what you do on waivers. Now you are on the clock. But I do think Ty Chandler looks really good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good with it. Take, okay, take so let's take Ty Chandler and lock it in. And then we've actually covered up very well at running back. Um, I feel like Jaden Reed, Hayden Hurst is is the pick on this on the wraparound here. Um there's so many guys at quarterback two. We'll be able to draft a quarterback two a little later if we want to go in that direction. I think we have to with Tua, but I don't think we need to in the 15th round. I think 16th round quarterbacks are going to be there. Okay. Unless you were a Aaron Rodgers guy, Nelson, and then that's probably you want to use the 15th round on him. Um. Because he goes before Goff now. Yeah. And Goff went. So he's sitting there. If you want to go and have a a surefire QB2, like, you know, if Tua goes down, having Rodgers could be nice. I'm comfortable with some of the Brock Purdy's and Sam Howell's as a QB2. Um, But. It's your comfort level. Like, I think in terms of danger, Jaden Reed and Hayden Hurst, in terms of, like, structure, Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of sense. I think Jaden Reed makes sense uh, for this team. Give us a uh, number six wide receiver, and then we're done there. You are up next. Um, so Jaden Reed goes off the board. We spoke too soon. Yeah. And I'll say that Hayden Hurst, though, Nelson, you get your tight end, too. Well, you are so it clock. comes down to Aaron Rodgers versus Hayden Hurst for me. Okay. I think they both make sense for this team. So what's your comfort level here? Do you want to get our tight end two or do you want to get our QB two? I think, Hurst, I, think he's gonna be, I think he's going to be solid this year. So let, let's go that way because I think there's yeah. a couple of other quarterbacks that, that I don't mind having as a number two. Done. And we do have a few uh, – we have the 
Cortland Sutton correlation with uh, Russell Wilson, if that was the way we wanted to go and he was sitting there. Or we Kenny have Pickett. the George Pickens with, with Kenny Pickett too. Yeah. So we're good. Um, so just to recap our team, I'm going to keep recapping our team. Probably very annoying for the people watching on the stream. But if you're in a podcast, I'm sure you appreciate it. Um, our team is – I'll do it positionally instead of in order of rounds. Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback. Our running back room is Alexander Madison and Jonathan Taylor with Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, Evan Hull, Ty Chandler. Our wide receivers are Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Drake London, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton. And then our tight ends are Darren Waller and Hayden Hurst. So this team is, this team is good. This team is yeah. a, is a nice team, and we've and we balanced out a, a number of positions now. Um, we're we're almost a, a very safe build with, you know, we've we've hedged two of our bets, but we do have the luxury of doing that because we're very strong at wide receiver, and we just need Darren Waller to kind of hold up. So mapping out how how our draft will end here, Nelson. We have four picks left. We have to take a kicker. We have to take a defense. Yeah. I'd like to take a QB two. And I think the last pick is Daniel Bellinger, despite the fact that you have Hayden Hurst. If Darren Waller I, were to go down, Daniel Bellinger would be a massive waiver wire. Like I'm talking about 25% if you knew Waller was going to miss four weeks. Yeah. No, I I think that's the way to go is let's get a QB two. Let's get Bellinger and kicker and defense. So let's keep an eye on this because if we like, let's load our QB twos in the in the board. So I think that Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, and then the contingent guys. If we if we wait, Brock I think Purdy. Sam Howell, Hal and and uh and Brock Purdy are interesting. So okay. if they're all four still available, then let's take a defense here. Um, you also have Harrison Bucker which you get the free look. And then the defense-wise, you have a number of solid defenses right now available. New Orleans, they have a nice early season schedule. Baltimore, I think, is going to be a very good defense. Uh, Washington has the layup of all layups with Arizona uh, in in week one with that quarterback room. Uh, Jets have a difficult schedule. They have a ton of ton of uh, talent. So we have a number of defense like options. Jaguars, too. Jaguars, yeah. There you go. They have a very nice opening game against... The Indianapolis Colts. Yes. So we'll kind of play this by ear here. I think this is going to be quarterback quarterback defense in this run. Mm-hmm. There's definitely um, a couple of running backs I'd love to add to this team. It just it's completely unnecessary, and I think we have to stick with structure, especially with Tua. You want to have a QB two that can get you through a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I that's the thing with Lawrence. If you take Lawrence there, he affords you the luxury of you're just, just going to play him, so you're never going to think about um, starting someone else, and you're not really concerned with him. So you can go naked at quarterback, and you can use that spot um, for another handcuff running back that's you know still available, but. I, I do agree, you know, pushing it back and ending up with like a Tua, you know, it, it's probably a good idea to, you know, 
grab a second QB, but it's not – I mean, if these guys are going to leave these quarterbacks available uh, on the waiver wire, maybe it's not necessary. So I've we went naked QB with Daniel Jones. I've also done double-tapping quarterback and having like, you know, two of the – Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, Geno Smith, Dak Prescott tier when it, when the draft falls to me. So I'm okay either way. Um, I just worry with Tua that, you know, he's had times he's missed. He's got the concussion concerns. I, I don't really want to go naked QB with him. I think he's the one that you want to have a backup quarterback for. And we've already pushed it. Um, and we waited to the 16th round here. So, I think having a, I don't really see an edge here because you already want Bellinger to be one of these two picks as our tight end three. Yeah. Um, and then we're forced into kicker and defense. So I think we take a QB here. Um, we actually, team two has no QB two. So we can, if there's a defense you want to take, we can take them first. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's see what uh, defense comes back to us. But again, you know, the Saints, Ravens, uh, Washington, New Jacksonville, I, New Buffalo. Orleans. Sorry, say it again. New Orleans. Yeah, the same. Yeah, the Saints. Uh, all those defenses. Um, you know, the Saints definitely have more of, uh, you know, first few weeks of the season. You just stick them in the lineup and that's it. Yeah, they've got a great early season schedule. So I've liked them because, you know, when you draft a lot of teams, you don't want to have to stream defenses as much as possible. So we see Isaiah Likely and Hunter Henry go off the board to Curtis Patrick. Uh, Curtis Patrick went with like a wide receiver cleanup run with Nico Collins, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd and MVS, um, you know, I'm not sure the MVS pick was was needed there. And he has Lamar Jackson. Uh, but again, I, I usually like the way his teams look. And ETN, Cook, Swift, with those wide receivers, um, it's not bad with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So we're just waiting around here, Nelson. Um, <laughs> it kind of stinks to know what you're going to take because it's ruling out a lot of guys I like. Um, but we have to stick with this structure on this team. Like there's a couple of wide receivers I, I would love to consider. I kind of wish this was a 22 round draft, to be honest with you. <laughs> yep. I mean, the other thought too, I mean, there, there's plenty of kickers, but over here you actually have to select a kicker versus it being team kicker. What, what I'm used to. So yeah. there is something to be said about having like a Daniel Carlson or, you know, someone like that. That's like super rock solid. I like McPherson and I like Carlson and I agree. They stand out. I think that's a good point you made. Also just one thing to consider. We could also take yeah. a Justin Ross in the 17th round, not take QB two. And then if he doesn't get the snaps or play, we could cut him loose after game one and pick up a quarterback. It's a little more complicated, but... Now, you are on the clock. 
Okay. I, I feel like these guys are going to leave quarterback alone that we can probably get Howell or Purdy on waivers. So so let's take let, – so let's – right now, what's the bigger edge to you taking McPherson, Carlson, or taking one of these defenses? Take – Take the defense. You like the Saints, right? The most, or I like the Saints, the and I don't think we have to worry about them to start the year. Okay. So okay, go, so we're going to take there. the New Orleans Saints defense, and then I think if we come back around into the seventeenth round, and McPherson or Carlson are there, we take them. Okay. I also like uh, Young Hoku. Yeah, I like him too. But with with McPherson, you know, you get that great offense. He's been reliable. Carlson is just awesome. Koo had that big-time season two years ago. He's still a very good kicker. Yeah. I think it's I think it's uh it's young way. You want to call him young ho though. Go for it, Nelson. I I do like uh there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um so we'll we see Kenny Pickett go off the board, uh Russell Wilson. You're starting to see some of these QB2s, but we still have in our queue. Yeah. For people wondering why we haven't taken QB2, Howell and Purdy are still in our queue. One pick away, Nelson, if it comes down to Carlson or or McPherson, I know you're a Carlson guy. Let's go with him. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the guy that I like. Like, just, you know, watching him the last couple of years, like, he's just, like, he's a, the closest thing to Justin Tucker, where he's just suit automatic. And also, we like the fact that he's playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. You are on the clock. Um, get a nice amount of field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. So we're taking Daniel Carlson. So we we've completed our one-off positions. Um, you know, the the kicker defense are done. Uh, we have New Orleans and Daniel Carlson. Team four next to us did the exact same thing. They went defense kicker as well. Um, nice to be done with that. So we have three picks left. Um, quarterback is one, Bellinger's one, and then a luxury pick. So okay. I'm open to – I like Keontae Ingram a lot. Um, I lo- and He just goes off the board. So, you know what, we're not even going to talk about it. Why don't I <laughs> – uh, every time I say a guy's name, we lose him. So let's lower this down. What are you what are you drafting tomorrow evening? Uh tomorrow is uh prime times. Nice. Prime times and then get some rest to get up in the morning and head into the city. That's great going to Chris Vaccaro's, our host of Fantasy Empire, is also hosting the get-together on Thursday evenings, which is always a lot of fun for NFFC drafters. Yeah. I'll, I'll be finding myself a booth in his restaurant so that I can draft. Uh, That's right. Also- Nelson will be the one. You say hi to Nelson, but he's he's got a computer open and he's got skin in the game, even when at a get-together. Yes, and you'll yeah. see a lot of people there. That'll be fun, and and I'll I'll be mocked, and that will be the joke of like, can't even just drink a you know put back a few beers and relax 
you know, for one night. Nope. Got to be drafting. We have a very busy weekend in right here at Player Profiler. I'm going to be drafting in the FFPC. Actually, I'm going to be doing a main event with the GOAT District. And then I'm going to be doing a draft with uh, Billy Muzio at 10 o'clock, uh, FFPC 350 uh, Fantasy Pros Championship. So the GOAT District 1, we're not going to uh, show live because it's a main event and we don't want to get sniped. Um, but that'll be fun. And then we have First Class Fantasy. We have Alfredo Brown and Dave Kluge this week. So we've got a lot a lot going on. It's just loaded, loaded podcasts. And tomorrow, uh, Nando Defino. Watch well, it's not tomorrow. You're going to be watching this watching this this show after. But make sure and check out the Fantasy Empire. Chris Ficaro and Nando Defino's podcast is over here at Player Profiler this year. It's always a good one. I've listened to it for years. I'm so thrilled they're with us. Nando's got to be out of town, so I'm filling in with Chris Vaccaro. So you can see Chris and I having similar conversations that I have with Nelson about some of these high-stakes strategies. <clears throat> All right, this is just a waiting game here, Nelson. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, these, these guys, you know, for these last picks, they grind the clock. I'm seeing that a lot lately. It's it's bad draft etiquette. Even Dan and I were in that ridiculously long draft. It was 30 rounds, 14 teams. So start doing the math, guys, of how many players are selected in that draft. And you get down to it, and it was people grinding the clock in, like, the 25th round. I'm, like, trying to go to bed. I think I was asleep 15 <laughs> minutes after that draft ended. And yeah. I'm like, these, oh, good God, these guys are just torturing us. Um, but – it is what it is, man. Some people like to use the clock, and some people, you know, have consideration. If Nelson and I know our pick, I think sometimes the the alpha move in a draft, the power move, is to take a take your pick five seconds in because it's like you know what you want, and these guys all messed up, and you left me this value. I'm just going to take it. Yeah. So the auction, Nelson, twenty five hundred dollar auction, and. It's 11 managers with you that are all really, really good. That's tilting. That's a tilting thing. That tires you out a little bit, doesn't it? it it's, I mean, auctions uh, themselves are, are tough and they're, they're long. And there's no breaks. Like, it's not like, like for us, we're in the three hole and we can make our picks in the turn and say, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go to the fridge and grab a drink, you know? Uh, there is no breaks in auctions. Like you have to be paying attention the whole time. Um, it, that it's grinding and, and then it's just super competitive. So like these guys are so good at it that even if they're not interested in a player, if they feel like the player is too cheap, you know, they'll still bid you up uh, on that player. You get now, price checked a lot. A lot of the times yeah. these guys will just mess with you and price check you. That's a dangerous game, though, Nelson. Talk about that. Do you like to do that where you'll try to bid somebody up on a player maybe you don't like, or do you worry yeah. that you're going to get no, I, I do. $20 worth of somebody? <laughs> um, I never get involved in players I don't like because uh, I, I get scared that I'm going to get stuck with a player. But if there's a player that I'm indifferent and – but I don't need that player for my team, but I feel like he's going too cheap. And I'm just like, 
you know, let's say like I have Jalen Hurts as my QB and like they're bidding on Lamar Jackson, but like he's just, it's way too cheap. And I'm like, God damn it. Like he needs to go for like, you know, high double digits. So like, you know, I throw a bid out there. I'm definitely going to like bid it up. Um, but like guys, you know, they're, they're smart. So they see like, wait a minute, what's he doing? He already has hurts on his team. You know what? You know, suck it, you know, and they'll, they'll just leave you hanging. And, and then you're stuck with, you know, two really good quarterbacks. So you, you do have to be careful with that. I think the wide receiver and running backs, it's a little easier to do because they don't know um, whether you really want that player or not. Um, so like, I guess quarterback was a bad analogy, but it would be more like running backs. So like you could have a running back on your team already. Let, you know, let's say, you, you know, you have Saquon Barkley or whatever, or CMC and, and then like bidding gets involved with like Pollard and, you could get involved if you feel like he's going too cheap or, or whatever, but like, I don't know you. That's also a bad example. Cause like those popular guys, there's multiple people bidding on them. So, yeah. Do you ever worry about when you're drafting in New York? This doesn't apply to people drafting in Vegas because I feel like Vegas has more tables, but in New York, maybe you give away a little bit in your auction of the guys. I mean, people know who you're on anyway, but do you ever try to game theory that out at all? Like, I don't want to give up too much of, of the guys I'm really targeting, like your dollar bid guys. It maybe it makes it so people think, Hey, this is the guy or the $2 bid guys. This is the guy Nelson yeah. wants in like the 17th, 18th, 18th round. Do you ever game Man. plan that? I'm, I mean, it's a $2,500 draft, people. So it would be Nelson's leaving money on the table because I imagine you're not leaving money on the table with that one. No, no. And, and at the end of the day, like, I draft with these guys so much in main events and stuff like that. Everyone knows, like, who, you know, each guy likes for players. So, Nelson, we're OTC here. Brock yep. Purdy went. The quarterback two options are Derek Carr, Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford. I say we take Michael Wilson and see what his usage is like to start the the season. I think Daniel Bellinger um is we could also just take him at the 1903 and make sure we get him. Um do you what which way do you want to go here? So it's these two guys plus a quarterback. It's so it's Bellinger, Wilson, and a QB? Is that what we're doing? I think that's the max, um, you know, best strategy for us. There's a couple running backs we could push into consideration. So yeah, it's go. quarterback, yeah, that's, car. That's fine. Take Wilson. So let's take Michael Wilson. And then let's talk about this 19th round pick. Um, does every single team have a QB two? Let's look at this. I think we might be there. Team one has two QBs. The only team without two QBs is is team two. So we're gonna have an opportunity to pat to to draft before them um next go around. So we're safe letting a QB pass and just taking Bellinger, unless yeah. you think somebody just wants to jam us by taking a QB three. 
which no, happens. I, I, would, I would just take Bellinger because, I mean, I don't know. In this format, like, these guys get crazy, and they'll they'll take, like, five or six tight ends. Uh, so 100%. I'd rather just, so let's lock rather down just Bellinger. take Bellinger. Let's lock him down for sure. Although this team one is kind of a wild card, they could potentially go Bellinger with this pick. Again, this is a bleed the clock situation here in the 19th round. I mean, we did bleed the clock, but we're we're also doing a stream, so we're we're kind of giving our thoughts and talking about our picks. Well, I'll say we we've, we've been we've been very uh we've had very good etiquette on most picks. There's been like one or two we've gone down to the wire. So he goes with a Thursday night free look. Richie James is interesting. Let's take Daniel Bellinger here at the 1903. Okay. Although I do think with some of these, t- like, let's take them. Let's just lock them up. I was going to say with 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 Knox and Otten still available, we could have pushed it, but let's not risk it. We have the structure we want. Um, so our tight ends are Hayden Hurst and then Darren Waller with Daniel Bellinger. So we have a three tight end build, but a lot of safety in it because we have both New York Giants uh, tight ends. And I think we've got very good value on Hurst in the 15th round. I mean, he could end up being like a, like a, he's like a discount Dalton Schultz, Tyler Higby type. I think he's mm-hmm. going to have, you know, predictable targets week to week. And they seem to like him. And a rookie, rookie QB, safety blanket type player for him. And they're, they're running out of bodies in Carolina. DJ Shark is back, but a lot of those wide receivers are a little bit banged up. So they don't have a whole lot of depth there. Um, I think Hurts is going to be, you know, low end tight end one, mid tight end two. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's another player we can take over a QB, but well, um, you have the right idea in our queue. It's the unattached running back hoping one signs. That's probably the play. I don't see anything else like a real like gut shot one. The only other one that I would say is if he's sitting there in the 20th round, like Cade Otten in some of these uh, FFPC leagues that was um, not selected, you could just see him being on the field a ton, getting targets, and being kind of a useful player um in that Tampa Bay offense it's like an ugly offense people don't want to invest in but Otten had some moments last year um he's sitting there that's the only one that kind of stands out to me okay yeah quarterback is just banged up right now this is an ugly ugly turn for us and we are getting jammed here Nelson you're seeing the the three QB drafters. But all this says to me is people are going to be cutting their QB3. You're not going to be able to hold on to QB3. So we could go naked Tua here. And I feel like a lot of times if you see people having three quarterback builds, they don't like anything else available to them. They're just going to say, hey, I'm just going to take this player I know 
uh, and this player I kind of expect. And I think once in a while, um, a team does try to block you. Yeah, I mean, man, I I have trouble taking two quarterbacks, never mind three. I've never taken three in, in my entire life in one of these high-stakes drafts. It just – I can't do it. Um, I don't really see the argument for it. I, I see the argument for, um, you know, taking multiple free-look guys. Like, I think if you want to go into a draft and you're, you're pot committed to having three dice rolls – and just take three of those guys. I I can understand that. I can even understand. I can even understand going Kansas City defense and Detroit defense, hoping one of them has like a pick six or a strip sack, uh, and trying to get like that that edge uh, on on the opening game, or maybe double tap the kickers and hope one has a fifteen point game, some weird game flow. Like mm-hmm. you can go play waivers right after game one, but I don't understand a three quarterback build. I think it's weird. So anyway, the the quarterbacks available to us, I mean, unless you want Matt Stafford, I say we just punt it and get one off the waiver wire when they become available. Yeah, at this at this point, I I don't I don't want any of the quarterbacks. I'll just we'll, we'll play the waiver wire. Yeah, by by week two, there'll be a number of guys on the waiver wire we can we can get. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, Leonard Fournette stands out and then if if you wanted to go with a free look guy the detroit players are there right now where you could take a josh reynolds or a marvin jones and in this high scoring a game one of those two might put up a number like a like a random 18 point week it's possible i i think that's probably the number if one of them puts up 18, I'm totally okay, like, sitting Pickens and, and Sutton and just take it banking the 18 points. I mean, 15, you're probably banking. That's a philosophical mm-hmm. argument. 15 yeah. points out of your flex, you're probably just banking that and saying, okay, I'll win my week. Um, so I'm open to one of those guys. Uh, who's the better dart throw now? It's probably Josh Reynolds. He's been on the field more. Or are you a Marvin yeah. Jones guy like Billy Muzio? I, I like both guys, but probably Reynolds uh, uh, is my first choice. Uh, and it's going to be between him and Fournette. So, I mean, Fournette, it's it's a it's – a, do you want to go with the dice roll? And Nelson, you could also – if Fournette is not selected, we could add Fournette in the waiver wire run. Yep. So yeah, the free look is the free look. Let's, spe- I think we go let's free speculate look. on the free look, and then Sunday morning we can, if things don't work out for Reynolds, we drop him and pick up Fournette if he's still there. I'm going to make the move Friday. I'm not going to wait because I'll say this. Don't try to do anything last minute in Vegas when you do Vegas for the, for the, for the live drafts. Yeah, um, yeah. If anybody's going out there, don't try to set your lineups on Sunday morning because it's a time difference for all you East Coast people. And then you always also have to navigate where you're going in the morning to get to watch the games. It is uh it's it's a dangerous game to try to do that. And also, don't 
don't have too good a time Saturday night because you want to wake up and, and check the inactives and all that kind of stuff. Nelson, if you remember, yeah. this was the Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell two years ago, where yeah. some people had Trey Sermon in their starting lineup in that opening game, and he's inactive. And they wake yeah. up, they roll out of bed, and they're they're just jammed. Theo, <laughs> uh, I remember when I, I used to go out to Vegas all the time. It, it would be Hubbard and I, and it would be Saturday night. The last draft of the season was the 20K Platinum. And we would literally, like, you can imagine, like, we had, like, 300 teams, you know, something like that. Um, and we would sit up all night to the point where we would just go to the sports book at like MGM. And like that used to be one of our favorite places to watch the games. And we would just sit down and like find seats because we know like you got to get there early in the morning or, or like it just, all the seats get taken up. So That's right. we would just sit there and we'd be like sitting next to each other and we're, you know, we're up next. I'm drinking coffee. Dave doesn't drink coffee, so he's drinking soda, you know, pure yeah, sugar, um, just to stay awake. And and like we would go right through, and we'd be zombies on Sunday. It's that's just how it is, man. Um, you grind all weekend, and then the games you're, you're just getting through, and you're tired. But it's a lot of fun. So we'll yeah. go Josh Reynolds here, Nelson. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. Okay, so we. This draft is in the books. I really I like this walk team. away. So, so I was just going to recap. I really like this yeah. team. The pick is going to be between Taylor and Lawrence. That that's the pick that I'm going to be hung up on, on whether it was the right move or the wrong move. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we took a, a gamble, but it was a calculated gamble. I like this team a lot. I hope we walk away Friday evening after we draft in the super and we like our team as much as this one, because I think we, we really did some great things in the, that first sixth round and then take the Taylor pick aside. Um, I like our pick in the eighth round a lot with Cortland Sutton. I like our pick in the ninth round with Charbonnet. We end up getting the correlation with Tua Tunga Vailoa and Waddle. Um, you know, Waddle on a points per game basis was really good last year. And then I really like what we did in rounds uh, 11 through 14 with Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, Evan Hull, and Ty Chandler. I think that was like a really good run for us um, and the running backs. And then I like our Hayden Hurst pick a lot. I think 15th round Hayden Hurst. Like when you start looking at those some of those tight ends in like the 11th, 12th, 13th round, 14th round, I think like I would take Hurst over a handful of them. Um and then we get our kicker, we get our defense. We have edges at both of those positions, I think, at least for the first few weeks. Uh, and then I like what we did with Michael Wilson, our handcuffed tight end, Daniel Bellinger, and then Josh Reynolds for the free look. So this team is good. Uh, this team, if Jonathan Taylor can be, become Jonathan Taylor again, then this team is really, really good. Uh, we're going to have to you know, play the waiver wire and try to get ourselves a quarterback too. Um, but that's the least, you know, last time I looked, Nelson, we don't get any points for quarterback two. So we're okay for now. Um, and that's it. So this was a lot of fun. Um, this is your third time coming on with Billy and I. This is awesome. We've gotten so much great information out of you. Let everybody know where they can find you. 
um, where they can get your work this year. And um, yeah, man, I hope you crush this season. Thank you. I, no, I appreciate it. And um, splitting this team was uh, with you was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we can draft a really good team in the New York Super. And uh, you can find me at FTN Fantasy. And if you go there, uh, sign up for my high stakes package. You can put in high stakes 20, and that's going to get you 20% off of my package. So to repeat that, high stakes 20 gets you 20% off Nelson's package. And I'll say I do a waiver wire article here for Player Profiler, and I go pretty deep. But Nelson goes really, really deep. Um, one of the deepest waiver wires uh, information you can find. Very, very good stuff. Nelson also does uh, – he watches all the games. He does – uh, Discord chat. There's a lot of value added from FTN. And I'll say, you know, Billy and I have friends over at FTN. We like Jeff Erickson. We like uh, Vlad Selder a lot. I think he's really, really sharp. So definitely some great people over there. And uh, Nelson is one of the main reasons why we like FTN. So uh, Nelson, this was awesome. Definitely stick with uh, Player Profiler all season long. We're going to we're gonna bring the heat. We're going to have a lot of great shows. Make sure you check out the Fantasy Empire our newest show with Chris Vaccaro and Nando Dufino. Uh, make sure you check out First Class Fantasy uh, every single Thursday at 3.30 and check out press coverage. I've had a lot of really, really good guests. Um, I had Sean Siegel. I had Curtis Patrick. Uh, actually, excuse me. Sean Siegel was on First Class Fantasy. They're all they're all blending together, Nelson. Yeah. But definitely check out my podcast. Check out my written work over here at Player Profiler and stick with us all season long. Uh, and everybody who's been listening all summer, I hope you guys crush your leagues. You put the work in. Now is the time to close it out. You know, you know the players to draft. Just go execute the plan and let's win some money. Awesome. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content, is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.